Hello, and welcome to episode 204 of the Casual Tryhard Podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm James. And this week we're going to finish up our historic, or I guess Explorer Anthology talk, because they actually released, the last three cards were good. Yeah, and they weren't at all what we were expecting. Not so, uh, at we got, all. we got to talk about them. They and were then, actually none of the colors that we thought they were going to be. No. And then... Um, some things about Brothers War Limited that I think kind of... I'm using Brothers War Limited to talk about, like, the idea of, like, shaking off some preconceptions you may have about, like, a format or a set and, like, why that's important. So just kind of, like, maybe, like, a level-up thing or, like, Mm -hmm. a way to improve, but using Brothers War Limited as, like, uh, the kind of the backdrop. The delivery vehicle. Yeah. So if you want to get at us on social media, all of those links, Facebook... Twitter, Discord are all in the description. So go check those out and come uh, interact with us and say hey. Yeah, let us know what you think. Uh, if you want to support us, there's two ways you can do it. The first is our TCG player affiliate link, tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com. Head on over there, buy whatever you're going to buy, singles, sealed product, accessories, whatever. And uh, as long as you use that link, we will get a cut to help keep the show going. If you want to support us more directly, you can go to patreon.com slash casual tryhard mtg patrons get access to our show notes they get access to our pre-show basically just a rate about another hour of content from us every week and you get put on my mailing list for when i have cool stuff to send out to you guys uh so if any of that interest interests you or if you just like what we do and want to throw us a couple bucks we'd appreciate that as well uh patreon.com slash casual tryhard mtg is where you can do that uh, one last thing before we start the show is our YouTube channel, Casual Tryhard MTG on YouTube. Uh, Brian does limited content uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, posts a video up. Our show comes out there, a video version of it, every Thursday alongside our regular show. And then on Tuesdays, I've been recording some kind of weird constructed decks. Um, I don't think I'm going to do anything there that's super like meta dependent or like game breaking or you know how to grind the meta just like random fun stuff i think is a a good place to keep the tuesday content so that's that's what i've been doing there some fun decks i've been playing so our, our very sure our very own saffron olive yeah you can start around i'm james probably better known as <laughs> greasy jockey <laughs> there you go <laughs> so there we go there we go Maybe that's how I'll start the next one. There we go. He doesn't. He hasn't trademarked that. He he doesn't have merch that says "probably better known as." So we're, I mean, we could. We definitely could. <laughs> uh, hello and welcome to episode. Blah, 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 blah. As I mess it up, there. Perfect. 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 So. Awesome. Um. Last podcast we had twenty one. Out of the 24 mm-hmm. uh, Explorer Anthology 2 cards. And we looked at the cards and we're like, okay, there are three white cards and a devoid card. Two mm-hmm. blue cards, a black card, three red cards, three green cards and a devoid card, three multicolored cards, three colorless cards. We were like, oh, so I bet you they owe us two black cards and a blue card. Yeah, guess what we didn't get? Any blue cards, any black cards. They're like, nah, we owe you nothing. That's right. We're going to give you an extra white card. Yeah. So I guess we'll start with the white card. 
mm-hmm. they gave us Brave the Elements. Yeah, um, that's important for the heroic decks, right? Well, it doesn't target, right? So it's it's basically a way that I think some of the mono white decks have been. So it's white for choose a color, white creatures you control, gain protection from the chosen color till the end of turn. Oh, that's not the card I thought it was then. Okay. No. No, so this is uh, your opponent plays Anger of the Gods. You give all your uh, little white weenies pro red. Or gotcha. your opponent is playing mono green. You give your creatures pro, pro green and you hit them for a million. Yeah. Right, so it's a way to protect your creatures and a way to push a bunch of damage. And I think mm-hmm. in some of the like white aggressive decks, I've I've seen some of these floating around in the Pioneer sideboards. Like, hey... Like if you're using damage based sweepers, or if uh, you know you just need to push damage, this is a card you can bring it mm-hmm. out of the sideboard. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. So we got that, and you know, kind of a sideboard card. Uh, and then they gave us two lands. Yeah, they're both kind of heavy hitters too. Yeah. So they gave us mana confluence. Mm-hmm. The Better City of Brass. Mm-hmm. So it's just tap, pay a life, add one mana of any color. So it just fixes your mana. Uh, kind of co- for free, as co- long as you're playing like either an aggressive or a combo deck. Yeah, where like, if you're not planning to tap it six times, yeah, it's fine, right? Aggressive decks, you're planning to tap it three times, maybe four. four. Times, maybe. Yeah. Same with a combo deck. Like, I need... I'm playing a bunch of cards that are of a whole bunch of different colors because they weirdly work together. So I need to be able to always cast them, but I only need to tap this a couple times because the third time I tap it, you die. That's right. So, and, like, this is was, like, got up to, like, 25 or 30 bucks in... uh, They were more than that for a little bit, Were they 50? They were uh, a lot for a while. Forty when I sent mine off. Yeah, they were a lot. I haven't sent mine off. Maybe I should have. Well, I got the uh, promo ones. Oh, okay. Prom- because they had a promo version that came out for like the, I forget what set it was, but I got those, and I think at that time they were still like forty bucks. So I sent my originals out. Yeah, they are currently twenty three dollars in paper. Yeah. So, yeah, this is just a. Uh, a card that sees play because it's like it. There's nothing else like it in mm-hmm. uh, in uh, in Pioneer. Yep. And uh, we also got uh, an archetype in a card. <laughs> Self-contained archetype. Self-contained archetype. We got Nykthos Shrine to Nyx. This is important for the uh, Green Devotion decks, right? Mm-hmm. So you may have played against some, like, knockoff mono green lists. Yeah. So I've seen people using Lotus Field uh, kind of as, like, a bad Nykthos. Mm-hmm. But now you have good Nykthos. So, yeah, actually, you don't need bad Nykthos. Right, so you want to basically use Kiora to untap Nykthos 
and just make oodles of mana and then use it to cast whatever garbage you got off of your Karn, particularly yep. the uh, whatever the, the weird black artifact that has a green spell on the back from Strixhaven. Black artifact. Pestilence Cauldron. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Is that what it is? Yeah, I think so. Uh, no, that's not it. Because Pestilence Cauldron doesn't bring anything up. Huh. Anyway, I don't know exactly what it's called. Great. Good job, me. I don't know what it's called. But, um, <laughs> so, you know, the wonder that is, um, current magic design, they put an, uh, an artifact on, uh, on the back of, uh, they put a spell on the back of an artifact so Karn can get it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so now you have this infinite combo where um you gain a bunch of life and then mill your opponent out yeah um and i it's uh, no it was pestilence called uh pestilent cauldron there we go oh so close yeah so the back is restorative burst three green green re- sorcery return up to two target creature land or planeswalker cards from your graveyard to your hand, each player gains four life. Exile, restorative burst. Mm-hmm. So, um, the way the combo is going to work in Explorer, because they don't have the we don't have the chain veil. Yeah, is your opponent needs to get Kiora and Karn in their graveyard. Okay. And then they restorative. They use the card they have in play to res- to um, get pestilent cauldron. They cast restore. They tap their Nykthos, untap it with Kiora, tap their Nykthos again. Have a ton of mana. Restorative burst. Get back the Kiora and the Karn in their graveyard. Mm-hmm. Play Kiora. Play Karn. Legend rule the old ones away. And then, since Restorative Burst exiles itself, you can go Karn can Karn. get it again. So, yeah. as long as you're making enough mana with Nykthos that you're... Uh, as long as you're generating mana, you just can keep doing this over and over and over again. Yeah. Now, it, you're like, wow, that's a lot of mana, because it's five for Restorative Burst, and then seven for the Planeswalkers. So mm-hmm. you need 12 mana... But, you know, in a deck that plays uh, green, green, green cards pretty consistently, mm-hmm. right? Old Growth Troll into, um, what's he called? Uh, Cavalier of Thorns, right? If you have those two out, your Nykthos is tapping for a bunch of mana each turn. Let's tap each them tap. for six. Six. And then you get an untap with Kiora. Mm-hmm. And it costs two to activate yeah. it. So, like, if you can get to, like, seven. Yeah. Seven devotion, then, like, you just get to cast Restorative Burst over and over and over again. And the your each player gains four life. Um, 
Well, when you play Pestilence Cauldron, uh, it's one of its abilities is pay one, tap, each opponent mills cards equal to the amount of life you gained this turn. <laughs> That's cute. So, basically, you only have to do this loop five times. You have to find some way to get black mana Yeah. to cast Pestilence Cauldron. And I forget exactly how they do that, but I'm sure there's just something that Karn can go get on the last cycle. Mm-hmm. So black. Yeah, so then you just have to, like, get, um, whatever, five, uh, you just have to get black and then four, and then three mana and a black and you win the game. Mm -hmm. So that's how that's going to work. And so the way you interact with it currently is you either, like, blow up their Nykthos or Alpine Moon it or something, Mm -hmm. or you have to, like, Pithing Needle Karn. Uh, cause, right, it's a graveyard-based combo, but, uh, they don't have to use their graveyard, like, they do and they don't, right, like... Well, I mean, you gotta be able to play the cure out of the graveyard. Yeah, so the problem is, is when I think that, like, the version, the current version in Pioneer that has the chain veil doesn't need to use their graveyard, I'm not quite as familiar with... Some of them are also playing uh, Teferi, who slows the sunset. Mm. Like, some of them are, like, playing that as, like, kind of a, an additional splash card. Yeah. Where it gives you uh, Nykthos untaps. Mm-hmm. So, and, well, with Teferi, then you can just keep activating Chain Veil. Yeah. Uh, but we don't have Chain Veil, thankfully. But... The version well, that was yet. yet, but the version that was graveyard centric was still like one of the better decks in Pioneer. Mm-hmm. So, if you're playing Explorer, you now have to figure out how to deal with the deck that was nominally the best deck in Pioneer. I know it didn't do well at this last tournament, yeah, but uh, also, um. If you've got some wild cards, oh gosh, what is it called? There was a card that um, uh, I gotta find it real quick. Um, uh, where's that? Where's that? Uh, there it is. Um, Woodcaller uh, automation. Oh, from Brothers War? Mm-hmm. Uh, 10 mana for an 8-8. Eight, eight. Prototype for 4 green-green. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Woodcaller animation enters the battlefield, if you cast it, untap target land you control. This land becomes a tree folk, uh, equal power toughness, uh, with power and toughness equal to Woodcaller animation's power and toughness. So... This was, um, like, the deck that finished 8th, mm-hmm. or, sorry, 10th at uh, Atlanta. This was one of the things that it had in its sideboard for its Karn to go get. Yeah. And sometimes, like, if your Nykthos could make 5 mana, you could go get Woodcaller Automation, play it for its prototype cost that gives you two more devotion yeah. untaps your nykthos 
and then lets you um, like go off from there. So this mm-hmm. is another card that uh, we'll probably see play in those decks. Yeah. Um, I mean, those decks are good because they have, um, right, there are just times that you lose to Elf into um, Old Growth Troll into just Old Growth elf. Troll. Yeah. And then there are times that you lose to Elf into Kiora into Nykthos into yep. Old Growth Troll into, like, make a million mana on turn uh, four or five yep. or whatever. So uh, it's just one of those decks that wins on multiple can can win on multiple angles. Mm-hmm. So, but the the woodcaller autom- uh, automation is uh, is I think a it's card. automaton. Automaton. Yeah, there's no I. <sighs> yeah, hooked on phonics. Didn't get to West Virginia. <laughs> hooked on phonics. People were like, these people put R put an R in the word wash. We can't help them. <laughs> there's nothing we can do for them here. Uh, but yeah, nonetheless, from Colorado that everything was wash also. So maybe it's not just West Virginia. Maybe it's not just West. New Jersey. It's not water. It's water. Water. Yeah, it's very, it's very uh, oaken there. Uh, <laughs> very, very woody. Water. Anyway, so yeah, so good old automaton here. Yeah. Uh, could be something that might be worth crafting if this is something that you want to play. Mm-hmm. But there's not. Other than like Pithing Needle the Karn, I don't know what else you're supposed to do, honestly. Um, isn't there I feel like there's an enchantment or an artifact or something that lets Oh, uh damping wet wet ball. Yeah. Damping sphere. That makes it harder. Mm-hmm. Actually that probably stops it. Probably. They have to make and- a ton of mana. Well, and then, like, every time they go through the loop, it gets more expensive. Yeah. Um, But also, isn't there, like, an enchantment or artifact or something that stops you from casting Deafening silence. Yeah, that would do it, too. There's deafening silence, and then there's... um, Isn't there one that, like, checks the number of lands you have? Oh, what's her name? Uh, There's a creature creature? uh, that's blue-white. Uh, that you can't cast you, anything that costs zero gets countered, and you can't mm-hmm. cast spells uh, that have higher mana value than the number of lands you control. Yeah, that's the one I was thinking of. Uh, yeah, it's like a blue white for like a two three or something, but I forget what it's called. Um, too many products, uh, but um, <laughs> tune into a pre-show to yeah get the for, for that reference. Um, yeah, like um. It is a deck as demonstrated by like the um, the results of like the Atlanta like whatever GP that wasn't really a GP that you had to qualify yeah. for GP um, yeah. right like the deck didn't do great but that's because I think everyone had like six sideboard cards for it mm-hmm. so like you're gonna have to build your decks with this deck in mind yeah and like. No, I haven't updated Elementals list I haven't posted, but like Elementals has like a hard time because it wants to go long and like take big turns and grind you out. 
and sometimes you're just dead. Yeah. You're just like, oh, I guess I lost. I, I don't know that it matters how many cards you draw off your Omnath if you just die. Exactly. I mean, and then there are people that will say, like, oh, Mono Green just loses to, like, Anger of the Gods, which is true, right? If they go, like, Elf into Elf into Elf and you sweep mm-hmm. them, yeah, you probably win that game. But yeah. if you don't, you die. Mm-hmm. So isn't isn't there also like a hate bear that stops planeswalkers from being activated? Um, there's the uh oh god, anointed peacekeeper that you can pay. It it makes them pay an additional two mana every time they activate the named planeswalker. Mm, but I don't know if there's one that just like says planeswalkers can't be activated. Uh, Well, it it was a tax, like it put a tax on them, but I don't think it was named. I thought it was just blanket planeswalkers. uh, uh, Anointed peacekeeper. I know it's like named and it costs two more, I think. No. Okay. Um, Now to be fair, like, a lot of people ask questions um, about, you know, how to play against a certain deck or what can I do or whatever. And all of the cards we've just talked about are not typically the way I like to approach a situation like that. No. Um, I really don't like silver bullets because, number one, you have to find them and they're situational and, like, they might just rot in your hand. Like, if you're drawing a... You know, you have a tax piece to stop their planeswalkers and they're on the beatdown plan. Like, that piece isn't doing you a whole lot of good. Yeah. Um, so keep that in mind also is maybe in order to beat it, uh, like, staxy pieces or, you know, hate cards aren't necessarily the right way. Maybe tweak your strategy some. Yeah, it's it's difficult because, like, the... Like, the Pioneer format, if we look at Goldfish, which now, you know, I, we keep... I'm using the Pioneer as the, uh, uh, as, like, the... Uh, where's it at? Um, there you go. As as the, kind of, the, the benchmark, because that's what this format's going to look a lot closer to, right? The top two decks are Rakdos Midrange and Nykthos Ramp. Now... Yeah. Uh, is it Phoenix did really well in Atlanta, mm-hmm. and I, th- there, I think the the top eight was like eight different decks or something. Yeah, but uh, Rakdos is seventeen percent of the meta game, and Nykthos is sixteen percent, and then is it Phoenix is ten percent, and the way you beat Rakdos is not the way you beat Nykthos, right? So it's really hard because you've got these two like divergent strategies and you can probably be good against Rakdos and then you're probably giving up the mono green matchup to some degree. Yeah. Or you can be good against mono green and then you're giving up the Rakdos matchup to some degree. I mean, Rakdos probably has a decent matchup against mono green though, right? I think, I think Rakdos has a bad matchup because like, really? I think it just goes bigger than they do. Right? Like, there just comes a point where, like, if they stick a Kiora and they don't downtick, and then every creature, like, a bunch of the creatures they play just cantrip for the rest of the game, 
right? I think it just mm-hmm. becomes hard. Yeah, I just figured with as like as much interaction as they're running and like incidental graveyard hate, mm-hmm. like they, sh- I don't know, I would oh. figure they had a reasonable matchup. I, oh, here's the other problem. You know how like I talk about elementals just has a bunch of cards that when your opponent, when your practice opponent looks at them, that you just go like, you can never beat this hand. Yeah. How does Rakdos beat Storm the Festival? Oh. Okay, then yeah, there you go. Four of them? Yeah. Uh I just wanna I just wanna like run something by you. I'd like to just Elvish Mystic, Lenoir Elf, okay. Old Growth Troll, okay. Cavalier Thorns. Neat. Kiora, alright. Karn, cool. Teferi who set uh, uh who slows the sunset, fine. Nicobolus Dragon God. <laughs> Storm the Festival. <laughs> Wolfalo Haven, Oath of Nyssa. <laughs> just, just that Oath of Nyssa is like putting yeah. putting Bolus on her back, <laughs> like, <Yep. laughs> hey, buddy, hop on. <laughs> and then the uh, the sideboard is literally just a Karn board, Darkseal yep. Citadel, Tormod Script, Haywire Might, Pithing Needle, a Wet Ball. Damping Sphere, mm-hmm. Heart of Kirin, The Stone Brain, Unlicensed Hearse, Pestilent Cauldron, Transmogrifying Wand, Ooh. Uh, oh yeah, The Chain Veil, which is $25, Two Big Boats, honk, <laughs> gotta um, have two of them, gotta have two of them, Godfrey's Statue, and Cityscape Leveler, hey, I got the Cityscape Levelers for four bucks. They're now seven. Did it. Nice. Did it. Um, yeah. So, like, I, I don't know how you beat Storm the Festival. Yeah. Uh, it's like, Thoughtseize. Neat. If I get to six mana, you lose. Yeah. Okay. And on the way, I'm going to play a 4-4 that dies into another 4-4. <laughs> And when it's dead, it ramps me. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'll play a 3-2. Neat. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but you have like this deck that like goes big. And mm-hmm. then you have like Rectus, which is interaction and small. Yeah. Like it's hard to... Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, you know, the decks that were good against like Boomer Jund weren't good against, like, Tron. Right. Kind of deal. It's like, oh, I can handle the interaction and stuff. Like, oh, I'm, you know, mono-red. I'm good against uh, uh, Tron. Okay. Uh, You don't get to beat Jun consistently because they just kill all your stuff. Or like, oh, I'm infected. I'm good against Tron. Well, then. So... (laughs) Well, never they're gonna beat John. Never gonna beat John. <laughs> so, what is your hand? Six removal spells and a land. I win. <laughs> oh, okay. You do. I have three lightning bolts. How many protection spells you got? I have three lightning bolts, two fatal pushes, a land, and a thought seize. Well, I yep. think I'm gonna keep this. And you just, you just <laughs> lose. Um, Discard right. your bladed agent. And then, like, you know, but so. If you play Explorer, like, I'm going to have to figure out how to, like, beat this deck or I'm just going to, like, have to play it or something. 
Like, I'm interested in playing it, but at the same time, it's just like, it doesn't seem... Clicking through the combo seems miserable. Yeah, I've done a lot of clicking through combos lately on uh, Tuesday Tomfoolery. Uh-huh. And, uh... Not good? Once you're... Well, normally, like, once your opponent knows what's up, they just scoop. Okay. Because it's equally as boring for them to sit through it as it is for you. Yeah. And, I mean, uh, Arena is so much more fast-paced, it's very rare for you to, like, come close to timing someone out. Yeah. It happens, and, like, you feel it, because you're like, oh, my God, like, this game is taken forever. Mm-hmm. It's like, what? how do you only have three minutes left on your clock? What have I done to hurt you? Yeah. I mean, what's scary is, is like, after Nykthos, like, the next thing that has to come on to Arena is probably Hidden Strings. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the next thing. If you're a Grease Fang person, you get Seder Wayfinder. Which is the card that was missing from that deck. Yep. I'm excited for Seder Wayfinder. Yeah. Uh, I like how we're up to nine nine vehicles in... Uh, um, what's it called? In, in Grease Fang now. But yeah, so... Oh, wow. It doesn't play Stitcher Supplier anymore. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Rafine's Informant, Seder Wayfinder, the Greasy Boy, and a single Tassiger. A single Tassiger? I think is like the, like, okey-doke. Yeah. Oh, like, I guess I can sometimes just put a Tassiger onto the battlefield on turn, like, three, and that's good enough. Yeah. Three, three lilies? Like, oh, mm. uh, well, okay, there are... Th- I guess it depends. There are three Citrus suppliers, suppliers in 64% of decks. So okay. I guess. And then the other thing that is we don't have for this deck, depending on how you build it, is some people will play Eldritch Evolution. Because mm-hmm. like you just get to go get a Greasy Boy. Yeah. Which is very nice. Wow, wow, we will. Uh, so... Yeah, but yeah, just keep that in mind that we've got this like new deck to to deal with, and you got to figure out how to how to make that happen, mm-hmm. or how, what your plan is going to be for I'm it. I'm sure we'll uh, have some more insights once. When is this supposed to go live? Do you know? The thirteenth, so Tuesday. Thirteenth. Yeah. So we we you 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 will be playing against Nykthosis by the time you hear this. Yeah. So hopefully we'll have some insights for you. Hopefully, yeah, we'll figure some stuff out. Yeah, and we'll let you know. All right. Um, now, some Brothers Limited talk. Or general big magic thoughts. Mm-hmm. And so I think that Brothers Limited, for me, is a reminder or a lesson in like letting go of your like preconceptions about like a format or a card or, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And like that might be kind of a function of us doing the show also, because one of the things we try and do in our uh, like set review episodes is kind of give first impressions of what a format is going to look like before we even play the format. Um, so it might be kind of tough. And this might be where you fell into the trap mm-hmm. is 
we kind of pegged this as being a rampy go big format right off the rip because all of the mechanics like want to make extra mana or cheat things into play or are big. Yeah, so like you know, just for example, right, you have all the prototype cards. Mm-hmm. Right? You've got seven mana four three, seven mana six four, seven mana six five that gains you four life, seven mana three three double strike. Six mana thing that makes you a bunch of mana. Nine mana nine nine. Eight mana mm-hmm. five five, right? There's all these like ridiculously huge mana costs. Right? Like and so mis- I I guess wrongly, I thought that Wizards would have made a format that you could do these things. Right. And not get completely and totally embarrassed. Plus all the things that make power stones, which are ways to get to these big things. Seemed like reasonable spells. Yeah, like Argothian Opportunist, Arbalist Engineer, uh, Excavation Explosion, uh, the weird excavation thing that gives you three power stones and gains you three life, right? Like, all of these cards were like, oh yeah, you're going to have the mana to go big. Yeah. And so I sat down and my first three drafts were all blue-green ramp. Yeah. And my results were middling to, like, bad. And I kept losing to these, like, lower-to-the-ground decks. And I was like, these car- a lot of these cards are just, like, kind of bad. Like, just, like, on face value, if you read this magic card, it does not seem like a good magic card. Yeah, and I remember talking about that in our set review episode as well. Right, so, you know, I kept running my head into, um, into, like, I'm gonna go big, and then losing. Mm -hmm. And, right, like, I was like, well, no, this set's supposed to be the go big set. And holding on to that idea led me to, like, really make some, like, have some bad drafts because I was trying to, like, hold on to my idea from before the set came out. And I was doing a bad job of being like, huh, what is beating me? Maybe I should do that. Mm -hmm. What are the cards that when they resolve, I go, oh, you're kidding me. Like, why am I not taking those cards? Right, and I wasn't taking them because I had a like a preconceived notions of what I thought the format was going to be. Yeah. Right. And I also so like, you know, when I uh like kind of moved off of that, my results improved. So I was ramping and like really hard pressed to like I'm gonna do the big thing. And so for my first seven drafts, um I probably should have done the math beforehand, but 8, 12, 14, 16, 20, call it 20. I was 20 and 21, mm, which is not ideal. pretty abysmal. Yeah. Right. And so at that point, uh, right around there, I had, I kind of stopped drafting for a few days and I was like, well, what is a card I've not seen anyone play 
and it was like Scatter Ray, the mm-hmm. like one in the blue like mana leak. And I was like, well, I'm yeah. just gonna play like blue white, and blue white was fine. Uh, went four three, but I was like, you know, I didn't have a lot of good two drops. I think like uh, that was something I didn't really prioritize enough was two drops. But I was like, okay. The best I had done is a four, was 4-3. Four, I had gone 4-3. Like, that was my fourth 4-3. Four, so I hadn't yeah. done, like, really well. But then, like, I listened to limited resources and kind of, like, they were like, yeah, the format's more aggressive or they, they termed it assertive. Like, you've got to be doing something all the time. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. let me work on keeping my curves down and focusing more on that. And so I did blue-red, and then I got, like, a string of white decks, so... Blue red, I went three three. Then like white black and white red, I got seven wins, like easy. Mm-hmm. And then I played red black the other day, I got five wins. Today's uh, green white did not go well, but you're not gonna you're not gonna win them all. I went two three. Right. Right. The deck was good, like, but my my opponents just had good draws and what what have you. Could have played better, but like I don't think it was the deck's fault. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like, it's to the point now where like I'm trying to keep my curve topping out at like maybe two uh two four drops or maybe a couple four drops and maybe a five like i'm much more focused on like getting good two drops yeah that's definitely and, a far cry from jim and as many eight and nine drops yeah as you can. like i want things like ashnod's ashnod ashnod's harvester ashnod's yeah. harvester there we go i don't like it say it Right, the colorless three one with like unearth, yeah, and scrapwork mutt. Mm-hmm. Like that is another thing that I really want. It's like oh, like it's two two ones, and yeah. like lets me get through lands. So I'm much more focused on that now. And since I kind of made that uh, change, uh, so my next six drafts, I'm twenty eight and 14. No, that's much better. Yes. So, like, making that change of, like, hey, this format is not the way I thought it was. Yeah. Right? And so, like, what would it take me to get there? Well, one, we get my teeth kicked in repeatedly. (laughs) Two, like, you know, I was getting frustrated and, like, digging my heels in. Being like, no, this is supposed to be the ramp format. I'm going to ramp mm. as opposed to being like, Oh, you know what? I'm getting my teeth kicked in by garbage, two mana, three ones, right? Like I lose every game that my opponent goes like one, two, three, remove, uh, removal spell or one, two, three trick. Yeah. Right. We talked about like excavation explosion. Didn't seem good at the beginning of the format. The card's actually pretty good. Cause yeah. now that everyone's like playing three drops, you just get to get something, mm-hmm. right? Uh, flying is really good. So, like, these stupid, like, whatever the, like, uh, equipment that gives flying. Yeah. I would never play that card in a normal format. I want one in, like, every deck. It's just like, oh, I guess I'll make my two mana three one. I guess I'll give it flying and hit you for four. And if I do this three times, you're going to die because I have other stupid things. Yeah. Or, like... uh ambush paratrooper like that's not a card i would normally draft but every time my opponent played it i would get frustrated because like what the hell like now i'm going to lose the game 
because they had like two of these things. And it's like, well, I guess maybe I should just take them. Right. And so, and it also took me going like to other sources, right? Like, uh, like usually LR is my like kind of go-to place, but wherever you go for like your content, us, hi. Um, but like to be like, they were like, Oh no, like the format's <clears throat> not like, like they're like blue green's the worst deck. Don't draft blue green. Oh. <laughs> it's like, Oh, the thing Oops. I was doing. And I like, uh, drafted a couple mill decks. Cause I was like, Oh, the format's slow. I can like mill people. No bad idea. Right. I kind of like abandoned good draft fundamentals of just like, take removal and creatures in the occasional pump spell to like, oh, I'm going to like Keening Stone and Millstone you and die. Right? You know what Keening Stone doesn't do? Doesn't block a two mana three one. Just sure doesn't. Five mana die. It's like Doesn't neat. kill a creature either. Doesn't do anything. Right? So um, sometimes you just have to go like, you know what? Like I've I'm screwing up because of how I thought the format was going to work. I need to kind of like recenter myself on like having a good curve, you know, being James and trying to go one, two, three, you're dead. That's one of my favorite things to do in limited. Right. And so trying to do that and like this last draft. That's weird though, because I tried doing that like in my, you know, dipping my toe into this limited format and it didn't work out for me, but maybe the timing was just wrong. Yeah. Like, I mean, this journey has taken you, you know, a few weeks at this point mm-hmm. and maybe the format wasn't ready for one, two, three, you're dead yeah. in week one. And like, Oh, uh, the, the strong bull, right. The, yeah. like that card's nuts, right? Like you yeah. just have like your opponent, you're just like, oh, I guess I'll just feed like three artifacts of this thing and kill you. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, I had an opponent that had two of the, like, tap, gain a life guys, and mm-hmm. I just, like, sacked my board and killed them. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, okay. Like, a card that I wouldn't normally... Same with, like, sibling rivalry, like the, the mm-hmm. threaten. I hardly ever yeah. play those kind of cards, but it's like, well, right. if I have a bunch of strong bulls, I guess yeah. that card gets really good, and I guess I should play it. Yep. Right, so like, there's a bunch of cards that I normally wouldn't play that are good in this format. That I was just like, okay, I guess I kind of have to like adapt to what the format's doing. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, like the the draft I had today, right? I think the deck kind of like adhered to like what the format's about. It was green white. I was a little light on removal, but. Uh, but, like, you look at it and you're like, no, like, this is what's been successful. I just, like, ran into, like, a couple, like, not even bad matchups. They just did my thing better. Like, my yeah. last game, they they played the 2-1 that dies into a Thopter and gets plus, gets a counter if you draw an extra card. Yeah. They went Thopter Engineer, Thopter Engineer, uh, Phyrexian Rager, and then Evangelist Synthesis. And I was like, oh, you have two 4-3s now. <laughs> I I can't race you anymore. I guess I die. It's like, yeah, yeah, you did you did the thing better than I could do the thing. So yeah, cool. But like the deck still kind of like made sense cohesively with like what the format was doing. So just yeah. like being open to like, hey, I think things are going wrong. Like maybe in like three weeks we're like, hey, Explorer isn't gonna be all about mono green versus Rakdos. There's gonna be other things that are viable. Or maybe it is, but we have to kind of like wait and see. So we do have yeah. pioneers like a judge. 
Right. Um, you mentioned like looking for other sources of information. So you get like mm -hmm. different perspectives or whatever. And you said that LR is, you know, a good place where you usually look. Mm -hmm. And I agree that LR is a really good place to look for information unlimited. Um, but do you ever look at like the 17 lands data? I don't, I should. Um, I, they do a couple, uh, uh, they do a couple, what is it called? Uh, 17 lands shows on LR now. Oh, okay. they, they bring in, uh, his name's Serkovitz. He's, uh, I think he has a PhD. He has a PhD in biology and he does like data analysis as his job. Mm -hmm. And he does data analysis for 17 lands. He like puts out, um, articles and stuff, but like yeah. the number one was it the number one common or something with the highest win rate, uh, game, uh, where's that is, uh, I want just commons. Uh, is like the scrapwork cohort, the four mana three one that makes a one one with unearth. Yeah. Right. It has like a fifty eight percent win rate. Uh, Airlift Chaplain has a fifty eight percent win rate. I had three in my in my deck that I got dumpstered with today. I, I yep. feel fine with my picks, <laughs> right? Then Scrapwork Mutt, then Ambush Paratrooper, right? And none of those are rampy cards. None of those are... Uh, military Discipline is the, like, plus one, plus oh, and it gets first strike to end of turn enchantment. Yeah. Right, these are all... These are... And one, they're all white, right? The top... Uh, of the top one, two... Gosh... The first non-red or white card is Gaia's Gift, like at like 12 or something. Yeah. But 17 lands, if you can go through and like, uh, here's Game in Hand win rate. Yeah. It matches the same. Let's do that. Yeah. Yeah. Scrapwork Cohort, Scrapwork Mutt, Excavation Explosion, Airlift Chaplain, Gaia's Gift, Prison Sentence, Ambush Paratrooper, Aeronaut Cavalry, Overwhelming Remorse. Which is black. Oh, that's the removal spell. Uh, but, like, no, not ramp cards. Like, right. 17 lands gives you that. Like, it's a lot of it's just like raw data, and you mm -hmm. kind of gotta like, pick through it. But I think they do have, um, there are some articles. Yeah, there are articles on, like, how to use win rate data from Circovitz. And Circovitz is who, um, does um, the analysis who does yeah it does a lot of the analysis and goes on to lr yeah um but like watch like if you're having problems with a format like even standard you're like oh i like you know i thought fill in the blank i thought blue was going to be good so i'm playing all these blue decks and i keep losing and it's like well if everyone you see is playing mono black right maybe you like misjudged the format and it's time to be like, you know what? No, no more islands. It's swamp time for me. Right. So I mean, like, I think that's always the case though. I, for you. Yes. <laughs> for you. Right. But right. Like, I don't know if you were like, uh, Hallbreaker horror, right. If you're like, mm -hmm. Oh man, that card's nuts. Like, I think that's the best card in the format. I want to play Hallbreaker for uh, horror. 
right? And then, like, your opponent just goes, like, Lily into Shieldred, right? You never get to play your Hallbreaker Horror. Yeah. Or, you know, oh, like, you can play Titan of Industry, but you have to, like, cheat it into play a lot of times. Like, you can't get there. So just, like, you know, being flexible and being like, oh, everyone I'm seeing is playing these kind of decks. I should, you know, if I want to win, I should maybe gravitate more this way or Mm -hmm. really focus on how am I going to combat that. Yeah. Right? Which is a little easier to do in constructed than limited. But, like, finding some other place, like, you know, outside of yourself to like get some information to be like, Hey, you know what I need to. And like, you know, there's, there's a bunch of Jamokes putting things on YouTube, right? You can't, <laughs> you can't watch them all, but you can, um, uh, what's it called? Right. You can pick people that you like trust or that, I mean, at this point in mag- in the magic content life cycle, like pick people that you enjoy watching. Mm. Right. And be like, oh, hey, like, these are the... And, like, understand, like, you know, if you're watching, you know, if you're watching Saffron Olive content, that is usually a fun thing that may have a kernel of truth in it. For entertainment purposes only. Yeah. Where, you're like, you can watch something and go, like, oh, that's a neat interaction. There might be a better way to build that deck. So, I mean, this is, like way off topic so i apologize for no derailing the conversation here for a minute but maybe that's what's wrong with magic now but like the content i mean it's i kind of alluded to it in our intro when i was talking about my tuesday tomfoolery mm-hmm. how i'm not really playing competitive decks i'm playing you know decks for fun or you know decks that decks that record well decks that make good entertainment and mm-hmm. that's obviously where saffron olive has found his niche um but maybe that's a function of like the magic ecosystem now yeah i mean because it's so much like the the videos that are you know more entertaining get more clicks and the videos that are just like a mid-range slog fest don't get clicks so people are only exposed to you know certain certain archetypes certain decks whatever i think there's there's some of that where if your interaction with magic is like mainly watching magic videos like yeah. the the things that you find the people that you want to spend an hour with yeah right those kind of decks are going to be what you gravitate towards and so is it is it you want to spend an hour with this person because they have like a fun personality yeah. Or do you want to play a, uh, spend an hour with them because they they play fun and interesting decks? Yeah. Or do you want to spend an hour with them because like you're learning how to grind out the percentages? And I think because yeah. of how magic as a whole has shifted away from competitive play, right? Yeah. You're not not as many people are going to be willing to sit and spend an hour watching again sorry reed watching reed who seems like he's two ambians in uh grind <laughs> out grind out right. like the a optimal line point. yeah half a percentage point on like do i tap this elf now or later yeah. right versus watching someone who is like they find genuinely entertaining 
And I mean, yeah. I watch um, my my magic rotation of videos is I watch Thraben You because mm-hmm. interesting decks. Yes. Right. He is not always the warmest and fuzziest, <laughs> not always the most entertaining, but yeah. he plays pretty well. And he I, plays. I think he plays more than pretty well. He yeah. Plays... He's, he's good. Yeah, he's good. Right. And he plays interesting decks. Right. Yeah. Now, I don't think I would. Uh, if his channel was just him playing death and taxes five days a week, like he would lose me. Like, yeah. Well, I right. think that's what his channel used to be. And he only like found success when he started kind of branching out some. And like just playing variety decks. And then I watch um, Bryant Cook. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Epic Storm is the YouTube channel where, again, Bryant Cook is, you know, probably in the top 100 200 magic players in the world. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't have as much pro tour success because he doesn't care. Right. He's like, I'm going to play combo decks. Like, apparently he was a Delver player in Legacy for like ever. He's like, I want to play Legacy. And I guess I'll play some other stuff. But but I want to play Legacy. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, But he plays interesting decks. Plays something different like every day. And like, he often goes back to decks and goes, here's what I changed, and here's the reason why. Yeah. And then he plays the games, and the games are fine. Right? But, like, I used to, like, watch every Andrea Mangucci video about Legacy. Mm-hmm. I see them pop up, and I'm like, eh, not feeling it, Mangu. Right? I used to watch yeah. every, like, almost every <clears throat> Reed Duke video. Right? Cause it I used still get unreasonably excited when I see uh, Reed Duke dusting off the the jund in, in modern like boomer jund yeah but boomer like jund, yeah but like it used to be like that you and i were all no more than like two months from like spending four hours in a car and yeah. too much money for a hotel yep right and we wanted to do well so like it was like oh i need to watch these other people play games in the format because i don't have the time to play a bunch yeah. of a bunch of hours a day. I need to see what the format is doing, what they're playing against, what they're playing. See so time I, by proxy. Yeah, but um, but now we don't have that, right? So then the like right. the 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 people that are good at getting you those last few percentage points are like attacking the meta game. There is no meta game. The meta game implies that there are people playing high level events. Mm-hmm. And like I don't know, like I keep seeing tweets about like oh hey there was a uh, like an R an RPQ an R an RPT or whatever an RPQ um, that was a two slaughter that had eight people it was single yeah. limb <laughs> and it's like like you know that never used to happen yeah I mean we've been to um... Like PTQs with forty people. Yeah, and there seems like there's a lot of like, oh yeah, I went to a place there were sixteen people, and like we would get those yeah. sometimes too, but yeah. there was always like, there seems like there's a lot of that where there's not that interest. Yeah. So, like, are you gonna watch someone that you find entertaining? Yeah, like if you're gonna spend an hour, that's Ooh. another like, you, 
you've got the the videos you like i don't know how many like matches you play but your videos are like 20 30 minutes uh, i play enough matches to fill up 15 to 20 minutes <laughs> right so like your fit you play like 15 or 20 minutes right yeah. I mean, my I, I try to be entertaining, but like my draft videos end up being like an hour. Yeah. Some of the early draft videos in this format were like an hour forty five. Yeah. Right? Like if you're gonna sit down and like hang out with someone, hopefully I'm like entertaining slash like informative mm-hmm. for people to watch me. But like if you're gonna like commit an hour Right. Like you don't wanna be like this is a miserable person to be with for an hour. So yeah, I, I mean, guess. when I sat down to do my videos, that that was one of the things that I was kind of shooting for. Is like almost all of our content is like, like super long form, like mm-hmm. you know us having a conversation about whatever we're having a conversation about, or you know us analyzing a new set release, or you know your draft videos where you walk through like an entire half hour draft and then you know somewhere between three and seven wins afterwards. Yeah. Um, like all of our content is kind of long form, so I'm doing was, something shorter, yeah, yeah, kind of shooting for. And I mean, I record a lot more than like ends up in the video, but mm-hmm. yeah, I was kind of shooting for about about fifteen twenty minutes. Yeah, but like, it's it's hard. Like I'd say that typical magic content is probably about an hour. Yeah, and right, if like you're not like if you're not enjoying that hour. Yep. You used to, if you didn't enjoy the hour, you felt like you were learning something, but there's mm-hmm. less of an imperative to learn things now. Absolutely. So like, that is why content has shifted and like, there's more commander content. Like when's the last time PK put out a gameplay video? Like yeah, I have no idea. a bunch of his stuff now is like straight to camera, like complaining about stuff. Mm-hmm. And it used to be that every couple weeks he put out like some highly edited well, I mean, he started making gameplay content, and that's all he did for a long time yeah. before he like kind of hopped brand- in front, hopped up on a soapbox, and yeah. But like, they you you could count on like once a month, once every two weeks, a highly yeah. edited, entertaining video, yeah. and like they must not have been getting the click, so he stopped. Yeah. So, back to preconceptions coming full circle. Yeah, sorry, that's right. No, 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 no. right. So this kind of thing has happened before, right? I can think of two formats. Uh, the first being Streets. Like mm-hmm. Streets of New Capenna Unlimited or, uh, should have been a slow dirtle fest of three colors mushing into each other. Yep. And what was it? It was you draft blue-white and you like play some flyers and you counter something and you mm-hmm. won the game, right? Like, it just was, like, not... You couldn't do, like, the big things. Now, there was, like, you know, you know, secret, like, Grixis control that wasn't really a Maestro's deck kind of deal and, and things like that, but it was really... It wasn't like that, like, slow getting your mana underneath you playing, like, three-color spells. It was, like, play blue-white, play brokers... And kind yeah. of be like a be tempo-y, be a, aggressive and disruptive, mm-hmm. right? And then there was like Kaldheim, which maybe Kaldheim was like the maybe it did give us what we kind of expected, which was like snow. 
But that was another format where I kind of held on to, like, I want to play, like, this thing. And it was like, no. Like, you either play, like, you know, a top-tier snow deck or you play, like, red-white garbage commons. Well, I don't think anybody expected the snow decks to not be good. Five color good stuff. Like yeah, the, people expected the five decks or the snow decks to be like, you know, Simic or yeah, blue Sultai. green snow or Sultai yeah. snow, and it just ended up being five color good stuff, yeah. like mush, and then one mana one two flying first strike with the stupid like helm on it on it that if you blocked it you still took a damage. Right, like, and that was like the format, and was like, oh, I was not expecting there to only be two decks in this format. Oh, yeah. sad. Um, and then I think there are like cards that like you expect certain things, and then you have mm-hmm. to like, uh, like respond. You know, I thought I I picked two examples of cards that were better than I think we thought they were going to be, mm-hmm. like Shieldred. Yeah. There's still part of me that's like, I feel like this card is bad, but I also <laughs> feel like, I also know that yeah. uh, just putting Shieldred and Swamps in a deck is apparently a tier two archetype in mod- in Legacy, just like yeah. by itself. What are you putting around oh, it? I don't I mean, know. Shieldred I and Swamps? I have lost to Shieldred a lot. Yes. I, I, have, I don't even play Standard, and I've lost to Shieldred a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of just like, oh... Uh, it is a card that, like, if you don't have a removal spell, you just lose. Now, yeah. you know, I think our analysis was, hey, you know, uh, Siege Rhino, it came into play, and you got paid off, like, immediately. Mm-hmm. And Death Touch on a 4 or 5, kind of who cares? It's already big enough to kill everything. Right. Um, so, like, you know, the thought was, like, well, you just have a removal spell and you kill it. But the times that you don't, the game just snowballs and you lose. Right? Yeah. And so, like, that was a card that we, like, I think a lot of people missed. Right? That was like, oh, it might be good. And it was just like, oh, it's a, I want to try one on my legacy deck. Oh, maybe <laughs> two. Oh, yeah. no, it's just a full five. Like, I'll hold on to one in case they kill the one I played. Like, I, I just want yeah. as many of these as I can get. I don't think anybody expected it to be format defining. No, which it is. And yeah. then you also have Fable of the Mirror Breaker, right? That card mm-hmm. was like a dollar. Yeah. And like, we all missed it. I kind of thought, well, I, I kind of thought this one was going to be good. I, I have quite a few copies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. If you have quite a few, it might be time to make them go away. Yeah. I think they're like, uh, they are, the regular ones are $17. Oh, yeah. They need to go away. I think I've got 12 of them. Yes, I have four. I got mine at like six dollars, but yeah. like if you look at the, uh, if you look at the ch- when they came out, well, Streets of New Capenna, they were like a dollar or something. Yeah, I, th- I think I, I think I paid a dollar or a dollar and a quarter for them or something like that. Yeah, they, well, it was four fifty. I can't go. It doesn't want me to go back any further. Let me go back further. Come on now. Uh, yeah, but, like, when they first came out, they were really cheap, and, uh, so, there was a day that they were $72? Oh, yeah? I should have sold them that day. Oh, wait, sorry, this is on Moto. Let me go back to, like, real world. Sorry. Okay. So, when it came out, they were 50 cents. 
they were 50 cents for almost a month. Yeah. And then they went up to like $6, which is where I think I got mine. And now they're up to like 18. Right. And I, like, I have, I have eight normals and four foils. Okay. You may, you may wish to, uh, <coughs> make them go away. Yep. Make but them disappear. Right. Like we, that was a card that at least for a month, the majority of magic players did not think was very good. And now like, again, if your deck plays mountain, you play fable. Mm -hmm. Like I, like, I guess the burn decks don't, but everyone else (laughs) does. Right. Yeah. And you just have to be like, Oh, you know what? Like I missed that one. I need to like respond, you know, like, Oh, it went to $6 and it's kind of everywhere. I guess I need to get some. I didn't realize they went to 17 and they've been 17 since September. Like, I mean, like you could probably throw a ledger shredder in this category. Oh, absolutely. was like a dollar or two. And then it went, uh, went, uh, haywire. Yeah. So it was, how much is it now? They're 20. Yeah. Uh, uh, sorry. I gotta get off the moto results. There we go. Yeah. They've been 20 for months now. Yeah. Like, before, I before mine, unfortunately, I have one. Before release, they were a dollar, and then right just before release, they went to like nine or ten. I think that like there was like an early access event, and people saw them in action, and they like spiked right before release. And mm-hmm. but like those are cards. I mean, the the greatest example of this of all time for all of us boomers out there is JVP. Mm-hmm. Right, Jace Vrin- Vrin's Prodigy. If you look at the like uh, set uh, set breakdowns and set previews, people were like, "This card's garbage. It's no good. This is the worst of all the flip walkers. It's terrible." Card was a hundred dollars when it was in standard. Yep, in standard. Imagine how much like uh, Fable the Mirror Breaker would be if like standard got played. Right, right, or like Ledger Shredder. Or like even Shieldred. Yep. Uh. Yeah. So Jace Friends Prodigy. Um. What's that? Ten days after release was twelve dollars. And three sets later was at ninety dollars. Ninety three dollars. Um. So. So just like. Um. Like sometimes you just get cards wrong, or like you know, I still again I still look at Shieldred, and part of me just goes like I don't understand why this card is so good. Like I know it's good, but I'm just like you just kill it and then you move on. It's like ah, but sometimes you don't. And then you lose. It's like, <laughs> fair. Well, I think the the part of the thing that I missed when I was evaluating Shieldred is that it just stabilizes you. It does the same thing that Siege Rhino did, mm-hmm. is that it just stabilizes you. Um, it comes down early enough where like most of your opponents are like still in either the setup or trying to apply pressure phase, and they're not really in the holding up removal for your mm-hmm. four drop phase. So it comes down, deals two damage, gains you two life, 
and then at some point gets handled mm-hmm. and it just it it is big enough to fend off an attack it eats a removal spell and it's a four point life swing so it I, I guess I underestimated how much it just stabilizes you when yes. you cast it yes but like just that that you know being able to be like you know what hey I was wrong yeah like this card is better than I thought is like yeah. an important skill to have also just for for just just a sense of like uh w- uh wizard uh magic currently mm-hmm. so i'm on uh, uh mtg goldfish looking at prices yep how many different printings of shieldred are there mm. three four three double that how one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven there is pre-release foil planeswalker oh, stamp foil okay um uh phyrexian text foil <laughs> textured foil full art uh-huh. uh showcase foil the oh, um, uh the um regular foil the planeswalker stamp the uh textured foil full art which is somehow different than this other one textured foil foil maybe maybe there's only 10 because this one doesn't seems like it doesn't have a price um the showcase version the phyrexian language regular version and then the regular set version so i like how the fancy phyrexian text one is the cheapest version (laughs) not the regular normal copy yeah so what does your card do squiggles it does squiggles (laughs) yeah nobody knows nobody knows uh but so just like, you know, being able to get off of something and be like, you know what? I done I done goofed. Yeah. Right? I done goofed on what I thought the format was gonna be. I need to adapt. I missed this card in pre release. I need to like adapt and either like, you know, figure out how to get it, figure out how to play around it, like it is um, you know, something I was wrong about. Uh yeah. also just fun, right? Like we named a card from the last three sets that that is now a legacy staple. Mm-hmm. Like that's why I guess there's not one from Brothers War that I can think of that's just like a legacy staple. Yet. Yet. But like Fable. Mm-hmm. Ledger Shredder. Ledger Shredder. Shieldred. Shieldred. You used to get one card that saw legacy play a set maybe fringy legacy play. Right. Not one card that like defined an archetype, a set. Yeah. And then that's not even like you could even argue that unlicensed hearse. Yeah. Is actually the, the, the bigger impact than, uh, ledger shredder, ledger shredder. Yeah. Probably. But, but yeah, weird. 
So yeah, just don't be afraid to like say I'm wrong and I need to do something different because what I'm doing mm -hmm. isn't working. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's a uh, that's a good life lesson. That is a good life lesson. lesson. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I'm Comes not with old age and experience. Yes, but I I assume that many of our listeners are uh, uh, of our similar age in station, and yeah. I I always like kind of bristle when like LSV does his sign offs and like talks about like deep life lessons and sometimes I'm just like dude stop <laughs> yeah right, come on now um, so uh, if you would apply it to life so be it but I'm not going to be like here's how you live your life adult who's <laughs> adult who's just as adulty as me maybe more so <laughs> Right, like I just sit in front of a mic, <laughs> so hey, whatever. But I'm no professor doctor over there. Hey, I, I like try, I try, <laughs> I try. I think you're plenty adult. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you. I think you're pretty adult myself. Oh, thanks, uh, buddy. Uh, so, with all that, I think we have a show. We have a show. All right. So, if you wanna, if you wanna get at us and tell tell me how adulty you are, you can. Uh, Find all of our social media links in the description. Uh, I usually am pretty good about getting back to you on Twitter. Uh, we get back to you pretty frequently on Discord, so those are the best two places to track us down. Facebook is on yep, there as well. Quick. And our um, email. Yeah, I also I check the email not as often as I used to because we've started getting a lot of garbage email and not a lot of listener email. Um, but I check it at least before every show. So that is a, that is a way you can get a hold of us as well. Um, and also, if you have any life lessons for us, you can get at us and let us know your own life lessons that you would like for us to apply. Yes. Maybe we will. Maybe we won't. We're old. <laughs> we are old. It is hard to change. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you want to support the show, if you like what we do and uh, you want more of it, there's two ways you can show your support. First is through our TCG player affiliate link, tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com. Follow that link. Buy whatever you're going to buy. We know you're going to buy something, so you might as well support the show while you're doing it. Um, anything you purchase after using that link will get a percentage of to help the show out. Or if you want to support us directly, you can do so at patreon.com slash casualtryhardmtg. You can throw us a couple bucks. Um, you'll get our forever gratitude for supporting the show and also access to our show notes, access to our pre-show. And once in a while, when I have things to send out, you'll get put on my mailing list for that stuff as well. So patreon.com slash casual MTG. Chip a couple bucks in. We would yeah. appreciate it. So with that, we'll catch you on the internet. We'll catch you on the internet. <laughs>